So this past January, I was um, getting lunch with someone and was approached of, hey, Graham, would you consider being president and CEO of America's Keswick? And I would love to tell you in that moment, I was full of confidence. I was like, yes, this is an amazing opportunity, but that was not my reaction. My reaction was no. Uh, I said, no, I can't do that. I I'm not qualified and on the skills, I no. And uh, I was asked to, okay, let's not uh, do that too quickly. And would you take time to pray? And so over the last year, we've prayed, we went through several interviews, and uh, it was in the May timeframe that I, I kind of had a really important interview. It went well. And I, I, I knew Jason was going on a sabbatical. And so I said, I, I have to talk to Jason. So I met with Jason and I say, hey, you're going on a sabbatical. You're going to be gone for three months. Do you want to know if anything changes in my life? Do you, do you want to know about it? And he said, no. And I was like, oh, oh boy. Uh, so uh, three months happened in, in September. I accepted the position. And on Jason's first Sunday back, let him know the news. And yeah, that's what God's been doing in our life. So in January, I officially start uh, in that position at America's Keswick. And I am, I am both terrified and really excited what God is going to do in my life. And just a word of, you know, we're not leaving. Heather and I aren't going anywhere. In December, I have my own mini sabbatical. And then in January, we're having a baby, which is so exciting. Uh, so we'll probably be back kind of in the flow of things in this uh, February timeframe, just to let you guys know that. But it was last week, I was talking with someone and they were kind of walking me through my life right now, right? I'm about to start this crazy career change. Um, I'm having my first child, which is amazing. And I'm also moving in December. Um, and so they said to me, Graham, like that's a lot of change you're going through. How do you feel about that? Like, are you nervous? And I can tell you, that this whole year, I have felt the incredible peace of God up until that conversation. Um, and they were being so sweet, so genuine. But I walked away, and maybe you've had a conversation like this. I walked away from that conversation, just my mind spinning and being in this overthinking moment of just thinking about all the things that were about to happen and thinking about Heather and maternity leave and finances and moving and logistics and U-Hauls and starting this new job. And man, my whole day was spent overthinking and in the what if scenarios of what if this happens and what if that happens and how am I gonna do this? And, and just like being in a cycle of anxiety. Now, normally in a sermon like this, a pastor would ask, hey, have you ever been there? Right? Have you ever been in a moment of dealing with anxiety? But I'm not going to do that because I already know the answer. The answer is every single person in this room, in some way, shape, or form, has dealt with worry, fear, and anxiety. Now, before I go any further, I want to give a little disclaimer. In our church, we have some amazing counselors, social workers, therapists who are on the front lines of dealing with mental health, particularly on the topic of anxiety. So what I want to say to you, maybe there's someone in the room, maybe someone watching online, that you are seeking help and seeing a counselor, seeing a therapist for the topic of anxiety. You might even be on anxiety medication. What I want to say to you in this moment is I'm proud of you. 
There is nothing wrong with seeking help. In fact, it is a good thing to seek help when you are struggling in this area. So if you are dealing with that, I want to say I celebrate you and I'm proud of you. But what I also want to say is, I do believe there's a difference between clinical anxiety and situational anxiety. And I think a lot of us, particularly in the church, yes, some of us have clinical anxiety and it's good to get help in that, but some of us just have that like situational anxiety where we just start overthinking, we get trapped in our head and we struggle with this topic. And um, so in studying for the sermon, I said, well, let me do some research. Like what is going on particularly in the US on the topic of anxiety and worry? And so in February, there was this study done. They, they surveyed tons of people and they found out this information. 32% of all adults in the United States struggle in some way, shape, or form with anxiety. Crazy. The more alarming one is 18 to 24, almost 50% of 18 to 24 year olds are dealing with, on some level, worry and anxiety. Now, when I read that, that that's alarming. That, that should be alarming to you and I, but I have to be honest, it was not surprising. I mean, it's not surprising because you look at our life. Maybe this morning you, you are in school, right? And you're worrying about your grades and you're, you're in high school and you're, you're stressing about what do I do? And, and now you're stressing about where do I go to college and making the right decision about going to college and I have anxiety about making the right decision. But then I learned about student loans and have seen the news. My parents have talked about student loans and how am I gonna pay for these student loans? And I have stress and anxiety about the student loans. But then when I get into my career, now I have stress and anxiety about like, have you seen our economy? Like, am I going to have a job? And now I'm stressed and I have anxiety about my career or what the right career is. And now I'm stressed and I have anxiety about that. Some of us, it's relationships, right? Like, does he like me or doesn't he like me? And I have stress and anxiety about being in a social situation. I'm trying to make the right decision. Some of us, it's financial pressure. Right, like we just had Thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but uh, my grocery bill was a lot higher than it used to be. And so now I have stress and anxiety about like, like how am I gonna do the finances? Some of us this morning may have gotten a bad health diagnosis. Right, you went to the doctor and you didn't get the news you wanted to get and now you have stress and worry and anxiety about that. And then some of us in the room, just the mere talk of anxiety and worry has us in a place of anxiety. And so when we think about this, the list goes on and on and on and on. And I love getting coffee with people. And so here's my guess. If we were sitting down at Starbucks and we were going to start walking through your life, if you were going to be honest, you could probably say, yes, there are areas, there are things in my life that I have legitimate fear, legi legitimate worries and stress about and anxiety. So here's the deal. For those of us that are followers of Jesus, there has to be, there has to be a different way. I believe in my heart of hearts that God wants to use this generation to help change the world. God wants to use you to help change your families. He wants to use you to reach your workplaces. He wants to use you to help change this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if you and I always remain trapped and gridlocked in this idea of anxiety and worry, we will always remain on the sidelines of what God wants to do in us and through us. And I know 
that God wants you to experience freedom and victory in this area in your life. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at that and look at some scripture, what God has to say on this topic. Over the last three weeks, we've been in this series titled, Hello. We've been looking on the topic of prayer. Like, like when you pray, what comes after the hello? When you say, dear God, what comes next? And we've been looking at this acronym called ACTS. There's nothing special about this. You will not find this in the Bible, but it stands for this. The A, the A stands for adoration. C stands for confession. T stands for thanksgiving. And the S stands for supplication. And supplication is what we're going to be looking at this morning. We'll get dive into what that looks like in a little bit. But here's what I want to encourage you today. If you are someone who feels trapped, because I don't know about you, but when I've been in those, series, those moments of dealing with worry, dealing with fear, dealing with anxiety, I feel trapped. I, I sometimes even feel hopeless. What I want to challenge you with and encourage you with is I believe God has some incredible truths in this book for you and I to experience hope and victory and truly the peace of God in your life when it comes to this topic. So maybe today you are looking for peace. Maybe today your heart and your mind is just stirring and you're craving a sense of peace in your life. I believe God is going to share some powerful things with us this morning. So, so we're going to be in Philippians uh, chapter 4. For those who have your Bibles, you can pull that out, or it's going to be up on the screen. But before we jump in, I want to give us some context. Uh, the letter of Philippians is in the New Testament, and it was written by the Apostle Paul. And what I find so interesting, uh, they call the letter of Philippians the letter of joy, which is very interesting because when the Apostle Paul wrote it, he literally wrote it in a jail cell. You see, the apostle Paul was sent to a jail cell because he was talking about Jesus. And he was bullied and he was beaten. And in that moment, sent to jail. And that's when he penned the letter of Philippians. So if there is anyone who could worry and had a reason to have anxiety, it was the apostle Paul. But in that moment, he writes a letter that is defined by joy and has a truth about anxiety. So let's jump into that. We're going to be, again, in Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to start reading in verse 4. And verse 4 starts off like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Now, I want to pause there for a moment. How could he say that? Again, Paul is literally in a jail cell. And he says, rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Oh, nope. He says, rejoice in the Lord when your circumstances are joyful. Doesn't say that. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. What Paul is starting off in this moment is, hey, your circumstances don't dictate what you're going through. Who I am dictates your joy. And so when you and I as followers of Jesus start from a place of knowing, I know who my God is, I know what he's capable of. And so no matter what's happening around me, I already know I have a hope and a future. And so I can start from a place of saying, rejoice 
always. It continues in uh, verse number five, and it says, Let your readiness be made known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And this is where we're going to focus, verse six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Here's what I think this passage is teaching us this morning, is that worry is your trigger to pray. Worry is your trigger to pray. What Paul is teaching us is that when you and I experience worry, when we're experiencing fear, when we're experiencing anxiety, it should be the trigger for us to pause and to pray. And not just in the big things. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, something big happens in our life and we're like, hey, I, I gotta pray, I gotta run to it. But what Paul is teaching here, no, 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 in everything. The big things in life and the little things in life. Everything God calls us to pause and to pray and to give it over to him. And when we pray, it shouldn't be our last response. If you are anything like me, do we have any overthinkers in the room? Oh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, me too, me too. And what Paul is saying here, hey, hey, when you've spent that entire day stressing and overthinking and overanalyzing and being in that moment of what ifs, what I am saying to you here is, no, 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 no. Don't waste your day worrying. Pause in the beginning and say, hey, I'm feeling worry. I I'm feeling some anxiety. I need to pause and to pray. And this is one of the lessons I wish I had learned earlier in my life because I was one of those teenagers. I was one of those teenagers who worried about anything and I wish I had learned this lesson because if you are not worried today, I promise you something will happen in your life at some point that will cause you worry, fear, and anxiety. And I wish I learned this earlier because we tend to do all of the wrong things. Maybe you're nothing like me, maybe you're perfect, but sometimes, you know, some of us, we, we, tend, to, we tend to bury it. Right, we, we tend to be one of those people that like, yes, we have worry and anxiety in our life, but we, we, we're just gonna ignore it, right? Like, I, I know I have these feelings, I know my heart's stirred, but I'm just gonna bury it deep down and then I'll come to church on a Sunday and, and we're shaking hands and we're kissing babies and like, we're doing the thing. And, and someone asks you, like, how are you doing? And you say, oh, you put that church mask on. And you say, oh, I'm doing fine. My life's good. Nothing, I'm not stressed about anything. I'm not worried about anything. I don't have any anxiety about anything. We tend to bury it. And what science will literally tell us is when we bury our anxiety, it literally will have a health ramification. It will literally kill our insides to bury our anxiety. The other thing we tend to do is we tend to hide from it. Again, maybe you're nothing like me, but you know you have those friends that always seem to know the right questions to ask you. You know, you, you're struggling and, and you know that they're gonna be the ones to, to notice the change in you. They're gonna be the ones to kind of see a difference and know where to ask and how to, how to present to you. And, and what we tend to do is when we're struggling, we tend to avoid those friends. Right, right, I don't wanna deal with this right now and so I'm gonna start avoiding the friends that wanna speak life into me and want to help me. No, no, I'm gonna avoid those people. 
Or maybe we, we stop going to small group or we stop coming to church because I don't want to be convicted. I just want to hide from it. And I want to tell you that it's in the hiding that the enemy works. That if you are struggling and you are dealing with something in that vein, it is in the hiding that the enemy will come after you. But it's in community. It's in fellowship with other believers in Christ that God wants to do something in your life. The other thing we tend to do is some of us tend to lean into it. Right, instead of with dealing with a head on or wanting, knowing that God wants us to experience victory in our life in this area, some of us tend to, well, it just becomes our identity. Instead of living out this verse that we are new creations in Christ, that the old has gone away and the new has come, we start identifying of like, no, no, this is, this is just who I am. Like, I, I know that God says I'm his child. I know I'm a child of God, but, but actually I'm just, I am just a person that just lives and struggles forever and ever and ever with anxiety. This is just who I am. And we start identifying with it and we live a life paralyzed by fear. There has to be a different way. And so what Paul is teaching us here in this passage is he's saying we have a problem. Right, Every single person in this room in some way, shape, or form has dealt with anxiety and worry. Like We know the problem. Like we, 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 don't, we don't need to dive into the problem. We know the problem. But Paul is also giving us the solution. That when we deal with this worry and anxiety, that we need to pause and we need to pray. And what I love is he's also showing us the result. That when we are struggling, that when we're dealing with anxiety and worry, that we need to pause, we need to pray, and then we can experience the peace of God, a peace that humanly doesn't make sense. It's the kind of peace that when you're with your friends and they're like, have you seen your life? Like, you have every reason to stress, you have every reason to worry, like, and you can say, no, I'm good. Because I have a peace from God. I don't have circumstantial peace. I don't have peace that's relying on other things. I have a peace in heaven. I have a peace that surpasses human understanding that is guarding my heart and is guarding my mind. But in this moment, you also might be saying to yourself, Graham, that sounds really nice. You know, I've done the Jesus thing. I've done the church thing. I'm here. I have tried praying away my anxiety and it's just, it's, it's not worked. I still feel trapped. I still feel entangled and I'm trying to break free. But what I want to challenge us with this morning is, what Paul is saying here, he's not just teaching us to pray. What he's also teaching us is how to pray. And that's what I want to dive into. So again, we're going to be in, uh, I want to go back to verse 6. And it says this, Do not be anxious, everyone say anxious, anxious. about anything but in everything by prayer. Everyone say prayer. I want to get a little nerdy with you for a moment. Um, I don't know about you. I like nerdy moments. It's just something I do. And, and what I want to do is I want to look at the original language of two of the words in this verse. The first one is the word anxious. Again, in the original language, which was Greek, the word anxious or anxiety literally means to be double-minded. It means when we're stuck in what-if scenarios, like maybe you've been anxious, right? And your mind is going, well, maybe it could be this way or maybe it can this way. And we spend time circling the drain of anxiety and, and it just gets so difficult. And what, uh, the, uh, what James says in the book of James is that those who are double-minded, those who have divided minds are literally unstable. 
And I don't know about you, but I can speak for myself. When I am stuck in a moment of dealing with anxiety, I am unstable. It is hard for me to make decisions. It is hard for me to do the right thing because I am trapped in a cycle of anxiety. I was talking with Pastor Jason, and he gave this quote, which is so true. It says this, anxiety is living like a future what if is our current reality. Like we're not looking at our current reality. We're trapped in the what if scenarios. Oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? The second thing I want to look at is the word prayer. And when I was studying this, this literally rocked my world. This was such a breakthrough moment for me, and I hope it's for you. When you look at this word prayer in the original language, particularly this word of prayer, it can also mean worship. It can also mean worship. So what does that mean? Every single person in this room worships something. God has designed every single person in this room to worship something. And worship is where we're putting our time, where we're putting our focus, where we're putting our attention. So if every single person worships, the question is, are we worshiping the right thing? And I want to illustrate this. Um, I'm going to invite uh, John and Lauren. Can you come up? Uh, these are great volunteers. Great, great people. Love them pieces. All right. So John, I want you to stand here, and I want you to face the wall. I want to put your, your arms just across your chest, just like this. All right? Great. Right. And you're, you know, tough guy, you know, fit. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Uh, all right, Lauren, I want you to stand here, and I just maybe take a step back. Have you ever heard of a trust fall? Okay. Uh, Lauren, I just want you to put your hands out. Like, okay. Okay. Um, so, John, you're, you're you know, guy, uh, you know, t tough, all those things. If you were to, again, not try and brace yourself at all in this moment, just literally throw your weight back, not try and catch yourself, how confident do you feel that you would not leave this room in a wheelchair? Who's catching me? <laughs> Working out. Okay. All right. So a little iffy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Lauren, if John were to literally throw himself back right now, do you feel confident that he would um, be okay? I would try my best. You would try your best, but <laughs> not, fully not fully confident. Well, this is the same thing that happens with worship. You see, what happens is we're praying. We're praying, God, God, I want you to do something in my life. I have worry and I have anxiety. But what we often tend to do, we cast that anxiety on things that were never meant and designed to hold our worship. Because the reality is some of us worship things like our career, right? We put all our time and intention and focus, like that is our source of worship. That is what we're putting our faith and trust in. And so when we have fears and we have anxieties, I promise you it would always fail. Some of us put it in our friendships, in our relationships, in our social status. Like, this is where we're putting our worship. This is where we're putting our focus. And so when we have these fears and we have these anxieties, we're casting them on things that were never designed to hold and catch and deal with and secure us in our anxieties. And for some of us, it's our politics, our mental health, our sexual identity, whatever it might be. We're casting our fear, we're casting our worry, we're casting our anxiety, and we're throwing it on things that were never meant to design to catch it. Because worship does this. What we worship is where we put our trust. 
What we worship is where we put our trust. So are we putting our trust in things that are designed to fail us? Because here's the right way. I'm going to have you guys switch. Now, now, Lauren, if you were going to fall back, do you, do you think John has the capacity to catch you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. John, how confident do you think you are that you could catch Lauren? Catch her. Yeah, you know, when we are aligned the right way, when Jesus and God is the focus of our worship, when we start our prayers from a place of, God, you are God Almighty. God, you are the King of Kings. God, you are the Lord of Lords. You are the God of heaven. I know you are in control of everything. I know you are sovereign over everything. God, you are worthy of my trust. And it's from that place that I cast my worries and anxiety. Man, I'm throwing my anxiety on the King. I know he can handle it. I know he can carry it. I know he's capable because when we have our worship aligned with the way it's supposed to be in God and God alone, we can experience what God has and the peace that God has for us. Can we say thank you to John and Lauren? So we're going to start our prayers. When we're dealing with anxiety, when we're dealing with worry, we need to start our prayers prayers from a place of worship. We're not going to put it in other things. We're going to align ourselves. We're going to put our trust in God. And it's in that place that we continue. It's in that place we, again, we learn about that word supplication, which is a churchy word that simply means to uh, make your requests be made known to God. But what I love about, again, I get the nerdy moment. What I love about studying this is the word supplication also has a level of emotion to it. I don't know about you. Again, I'm picking on me, not you. When I go through really heavy things, when I go through things that are rest, I'm wrestling with in my heart, I have emotion. I have fear. I have real things that I'm dealing with. And what God is saying here is, hey, you're going to start from a place of worship, and then you're going to let your request be made known to me, and you're going to give me all your emotion." You're going to give it all to me because I can handle it and I can deal with it. So don't hold anything back. And some of you need to hear that this morning is that God is calling you, hey, worship me. I want to give you my peace. You need to worship me. You need to put your trust in me. And then you need to give me the things that are you're struggling with. Give them to me. All the emotion, all the struggle, I want it. And so after we do that, then we go to a thing of prayer. It says we need to do this with thanksgiving. And you might ask, how am I supposed to thank God for something he hasn't answered yet? Listen, I just prayed. I'm still struggling. I'm still wrestling. What it's teaching here is this, is that in this moment, we are not thanking God for what he's going to do. We are thanking God for what he's already done. That for you and I who are followers of Jesus, if the only thing Jesus has ever done for us is save us from our sins and for us to have eternity with him, it's enough. That before Jesus and the cross, we were lost in our sin, but Jesus loved us enough that he sent his son to come to earth, to live a perfect life, to put our sin upon himself. And he went to a cross and he died and he rose again. And that when we place our faith and trust in him, we can experience hope and freedom and an eternal life. It is in that moment that we can thank him. It is in that moment that no matter what is going on in our life, we can say, God, thank you for what you've done for me. And in that place, I can rest. And then we can experience the result. That when we enter our prayers from a place of worship, 
We're not putting our worship in other things, but we're putting, we're entering into a place of worship and then we're gonna let our request be made known and then we're gonna thank him for who he is and what he's already done for us. It's in that place that we can experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that is resilient, a peace that guards our heart, a peace that guards our mind, that no matter the circumstances, we can say rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Church, if you are struggling today, my, my guess, we just went through the holidays, man. I don't know about holidays. It can be hard. There's things probably going on in your life right now. You have, might have entered through those doors and you know you are holding on to something that you are struggling with. Maybe, just maybe, it might be time for you to pray. And I'm not talking about those frivolous prayers, right? Like, I'm just going to throw it up to heaven and see what happens. No, I'm talking about intentional prayers. I'm talking about a prayer that starts with worship. God, thank you for who you are. You are God Almighty. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. I trust you that you can do anything. And God, I'm going to let you know the things that are going on in my life. I'm not holding anything back. I'm giving you my emotion. And then I'm going to thank you for who you are and what you've already done. And it's in that place that maybe some of, some of you this morning need to experience the peace of God that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make human sense. It's, it's confusing. It's going to make your friends go, what is going on in your life? And then in that moment, you can point to Jesus and say, my peace doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from my circumstances. It comes from my king. It comes from my Lord. For those that are followers of Jesus, worry should be our trigger to pray. So here's what I want to challenge you with this morning. We, we changed up the service today. We did one song in the beginning. You might have walked in a little late and be like, why is he preaching already? So at the end of service, we're going to take time to do an extended moment of worship. And my guess is that some of you maybe this morning... Maybe if you were going to do, I was going to do that trust fall with you, you would say, yeah, yeah, I am putting my worship and my trust in things that aren't deserving of my worship. Yeah, they are failing me. And, and maybe this morning, right now, as we take time to worship, you need to take a moment to lay it all down at the altar, lay it all down before Jesus and say, I just need to worship I need to realign my heart. I need to re realign my life into a place of, I need to give Jesus my focus. I need to give Jesus my attention. And in this moment, I have been putting it everywhere else. And in this moment, you need to say, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. The other thing I want to challenge you with is some of you are going through tough things. And this Wednesday, the 29th, we are having in this room a night of prayer and worship. There's no fancy agenda. We're going to sing some songs. We're going to pray together. Maybe today in community, in fellowship, you're not hiding anymore. You're going to come together and say, I got real stuff I need to pray about. There is business I need to do with God. And maybe this Wednesday, you need to come and you need to experience what a church looks like who is calling out to God. We're going to give him adoration. We're going to confess things. We're going to give him thanksgiving. And then we're going to do that thing called supplication. We're going to let God what it known what is going on in our life. So today, 
maybe you need that reminder that worry is your trigger to pray. You've been chasing all the wrong things and you've been looking all the wrong places. And so maybe right now, it's time to worship and it's time to pray.